Please then turn to the book of Psalms 27, Psalm 27, and uh, we'll finish at 12.30 this morning. <clears throat> and uh, grab your Bible there, follow along with me. I want to encourage your hearts this morning. Psalm 27, you can remain seated for the reading of the text, and uh, we'll jump right into the message. We'll read two verses, and you can just follow along with me. We'll be reading verses 13 and 14, Psalm 27, and verses 13 and 14. And uh, you'll note that this is a psalm of David, one of the uh, many psalms that David wrote. He says in this 13th and 14th verses, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Note verse 13 again. He said, I had fainted and I, I would have fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I want to speak to you uh, on this subject this morning. The first step to quitting. The first step to quitting. Father in heaven, we love you. We need you today. I yield myself to you the best I know how and ask for the fullness of your Holy Spirit. May we find encouragement to run the race for Christ, to go on to the finish line, to be found faithful when the trumpet sounds or when you call us home. And I pray, Lord, we'd never turn back. May we go on for thee in Jesus' name. Amen. The word faint that's used here is found in your Bible a total of 62 times. The first mention of this word faint or fainting or fainted some word, some form of the word faint, is when it speaks of uh, uh, physical, physically fainting, and that is in Genesis 25, uh, 29, and 30. Esau, if you remember, Esau had a twin brother named Jacob. And Esau had been out hunting and was out and had not had anything to eat or drink. And he was famished and he was physically weak. And, and he came back and he said, I, I, I'm faint. And he literally thought he was going to die. I don't know if he's exaggerating, but he said, I'm going to die. i got to have something. And um, uh, Webster's uh, Dictionary, 1828 Dictionary, says that the word faint means weak, feeble, fearful of danger, Losing strength or courage, exhausted. Let me read it again. Weak, feeble, fearful of danger, losing strength or courage, exhausted. The second time the word faint is used in the Bible is in Genesis in chapter number 45. Now, Jacob and Esau were twin brothers. The first use of the word is... Uh, is uh, in chapter 25, and those two young men are 30 years of age at the time. It's not used again until an event 99 years later when Esau's twin brother Jacob is 129 and his son, next to youngest son, his name is Joseph and Joseph is 39 years old and Joseph is in Egypt and for many years 
Jacob had thought that his uh, uh, next to youngest son Joseph was dead. He had given up hope on him as being alive. And uh, his brothers, of course, Joseph's brothers, uh, sold him into slavery and lied to their father that he had been killed by a wild animal. And Jacob came to believe that as to be true. And so now in Genesis 45, in this time of famine... Uh, Jacob's sons have gone down to Egypt where God has taken and exalted their brother Joseph to be the governor of the land of Egypt. And many, many people are spared from death because of Joseph's walk with God and God exalting him to that influential place. So his brothers go down and they come to find out that Joseph is, has, uh, is the governor of the land, second only to the Pharaoh. They go back home and they tell their father, Jacob, at 129 years old, they say, Joseph is yet alive and he's the governor over all the land of Egypt. And Jacob's heart fainted for he believed them not. His brother, first use of the word in the Bible, is fainting physically. He is physically exhausted. He's weak physically. He's feeble. Uh, he's fearful of dangers, losing strength and courage in his, in his body. And here, the second use is of his brother Jacob so many years later. And the Bible says that he is a faint of heart. His heart fainted for he believed him not. He is emotionally exhausted, emotionally weak or feeble, uh, or losing strength and losing courage, emotionally exhausted, if you will. David, I would suspect, was both physically and emotionally exhausted, weak, feeble, fearful of danger, losing strength and courage, uh, and courage exhausted both physically and emotionally. You're open to Psalm 27 and just to highlight a few things that David is going through. You'll notice in verse number three, he mentions an host, though an host should encamp against me. David experienced that more than a few times. More than a few times, David was surrounded by an encampment or a host of enemies. On at least two occasions, he was in a cave with his enemies. And God miraculously spared him. He came within just a breath of death. On another occasion, he told his best friend Jonathan, he said, there's just one step between me and death. We find also in verse number 10, for example, of our text chapter, Psalm 27, verse 10. He said, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Many of you today in this room know something Of what it feels like to be forsaken by family or friends. David was experiencing that emotional uh, exhaustion. That emotional uh, 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 feebleness and weakness. We find in verse number 12. David says, deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies. He has enemies. Folks against him. For false witnesses are risen up against me. There's gossip. There's rumors afoot. There are lies being told about David. And, you know, one of the most exhausting emotionally uh, things that can happen to you is when someone maligns your character and and, and smears your name and and, and you can't defend yourself. I mean, it's one person's word against another. 
And by the way, which is why you ought not listen to gossip. Whether you like it or not, it will taint you. Whether you like it or not, uh, it'll, it'll skew your mind. Some of you that love your church right now, you love your church, you love the people of God. It's the best thing since peanut butter. If you're not careful, you're going to get around somebody negative. All of a sudden, you're going to come to church and you're not going to enjoy it quite as much as you did before. And the next time, not quite as much as you did before. Why? Because you got around somebody that ran their mouth. Now, let me tell you something. If it's my responsibility, if it's at my house, I'm the superintendent of Bailey's Grove Baptist School. If it happens at Bailey's Grove Baptist School, it's my business. If it happens at 1556 North Fayetteville Street, I'm the pastor of this church, it's my business. If it happens down the road at Fayetteville Street Baptist Church, or across town at Eastside Baptist Church, or over at Bethany Baptist Church, it's not my business, and I don't need to know about it. I don't need to read about it. I don't need to hear about it. I don't need to know about it. Listen to me. I, I, I don't know about you, but I don't want my spirit. I don't want to become faint. Some of God's people are ready to quit on God because you sit around and you talk about all the things. Listen, I, I, yes, I know, I know the church is filled, uh, is filled with imperfect people. I understand that. We're human beings. But I got news for you, my dear friend. So is Walmart. So is Lowe's Hardware. So is a restaurant. There's nowhere you can go where they're not people. And people are people wherever you go. I got news for you. There's a lot of imperfections in this room. We're all here by the grace of God. But I still believe God's people are the best group you could ever find. And I'll, listen, I'll put God's people up to any other group that you stack somewhere. I'll stack God's people next to them. And I'll wager you, my dear friend, that God's people is the best group you could be around. Now, I, listen, I refuse, I refuse to slurp up gossip and filth and, 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 uh, and, 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 and garbage. That's not my bit. I don't need to know. I don't want you to ruin my spirit. Amen. Years ago, someone came to me with a name. The principal of Fayetteville Street Christian School had been accused by a teenage girl of impropriety. And so, in their hands, said, Pastor, do you know about this? I said, no. They said, here's the newspaper. I said, I don't need it. Well, Pastor, this is serious. You need to know about that. I said, why do I need to know about that? I didn't read the article. Never did. Still haven't read the article. But what I do know is that over a year later, that young lady came forward and said, well, I was just mad and I was in trouble and I was trying to get back after the man had to leave his job, after the man had to leave his house, find another job. You listen to me, my dear friend. I, I, I am not going to let someone yak, 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 yak in my ear and ruin my spirit. And you ought not do the same. Here's some people lying about David. And David's spirit is being punctured. The Bible said, verse 12, Deliver me not over into the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me. And such as his life. You think sometime, how in the world did a man like David stay on top? All this against me. A host encamped against me. Forsaken by family and friends. Enemies coming out publicly. He said, I had, or if I may... I would have fainted. I would have become evil. I would have become fearful of danger. I would have lost my strength and my courage. I would have been exhausted physically. And I, I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Plenty enough in my life to faint over. I've got plenty enough to be discouraged over. But I have made a choice. I am going to choose as long as I'm alive in this land of the living. As long as I'm breathing God's air and living on God's earth. I'm going to choose to see the goodness of God in my life. I told my wife. 
some time ago, several months ago. And just forgive me. Give me a little grace on this. Don't judge me too harshly. But I said, sweetheart, I feel like my whole life is chasing people. She said, honey, that's what we've been doing our whole ministry. That's what we're supposed to do. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that you don't want to do? I wanted to feel sorry for myself. I want to feel sorry for myself. But I want to feel a little sorry for myself. And, and, uh, and, 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 uh, and uh, but thank God for a wife. Amen. Thank God for a wife. I think it was, uh, I think it was D.L. Moody. It wasn't D.L. Moody. It was uh, George Whitfield. One of those great men got down, got, de- got depressed, got down. And uh, his wife came in one day dressed in black. He came walking into his study. And he said, can you hear? He said, no, no, who died? She said, God died. He said, what? She said, didn't you hear God died? He said, well, God did die. She said, well, then why are you acting like it? You don't need to say that, sweetheart. (laughs) Just so, uh, anyway. I remember one evening dropping off one of our young people. And... um, Young man, I love very much. He's not a young man anymore, but but I remember years ago dropping him off and went in the house, sit a little while, and a lot of folks invested in pray for in my car that evening, and just thinking about that household, the brokenness in that household. And, and the challenges that that young person faced, that young man faced, that he'd have to overcome if he was to live his life for Christ. And, and quite honestly, and this is, there is so much wrong with this situation. Where, how in the world, I want this kid's life to be salvaged, but there is, he, there is so much brokenness in his life in his own home, in his life, in his extended family. There's so much brokenness. How how do you from his house? And the Holy Spirit took a dart and struck me right in the heart. And I said, he said, you think that I can't fix that young man? You can't fix anybody. I sent you there to love that young man. That's a real load off of me. I can't love him. And I do love him. And I tell you something, the devil wants us to focus on the betrayals. Focus on the forsaken, the friends that are forsaken, and the cruelty, and those who would oppose us. David, if anybody ever had a right to faint, would have been David. But David said, I, I, I was there, I was right there, I was ready, I was ready to faint. And I see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Nobody starts out wanting to quit. Nobody, no, I've, uh, I've never, I've never been at a wedding, conduct a wedding, and then they look at me and say in the middle of it, say, you know what, eh, I don't want to do this. Now it might happen one day, but it's not happened yet. Off wanting to quit. Nobody starts a, a an education, an educational path. No one starts a marriage. Wanting to quit. No one makes a personal life decision. Uh, I'm going to lose ten pounds this year, uh, and nobody starts off wanting to quit. 
No, nobody starts off making a spiritual life decision. I'm going to be faithful to church. I'm going to be a giver. I'm going to, I'm going to love people. I'm going to be a witness for Christ. I'm going to, whatever. Nobody starts off uh, 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 wanting to quit. But the first step to it, listen, the first step to quitting is fainting. You see, the underlying cause is the discipline of us to become weak emotionally. Fearful, discouraged, exhausted. The underlying cause is the disappointment and discouragement that comes. When disappointment comes, it immediately begins to weaken our resolve. Once we said, I'm going to for the Lord Jesus Christ. And then disappointment comes and we say, why am I even doing this? Followed on the heels of disappointment comes discouragement. And discouragement says, I don't want to do this anymore. So what is fainting? Fainting is entertaining disappointment. Fainting is yielding to disappointment. Fainting, listen, every single one of us, every single one of us have had things in our lives that did not go the way we expected. We put our expectation on something, there was an appointment, and the appointment was not met, and that appointment became disappointment, and, and we were, had, we had a letdown, uh, something, something, uh, didn't go our way, and we have an opportunity, we can then take up that disappointment, disappointment, and we can, we can, uh, 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 uh bathe in that disappointment, and we can, we can, uh, uh let our minds and life be filled with it and soon why did I even do this becomes I don't want to do it anymore and then discouragement turns to quitting hey David knew where he was at he said I'm exhausted I want to say I don't have it in me anymore he said but 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 God is still good God is still good and I mind on him and not on my disappointment fainting is surrendering to disappointment what erodes our resolve do you remember when you said, God wants me to do this, and by His grace I'm going to do it? Do you remember that? Do you remember when you, when God spoke to your heart, and you read the Bible, or listened to Lester Rolf on the radio going down the road, or you were sitting in church, and God spoke to your heart, and maybe you left your seat, and you came to the altar, and you said, God, I know you want this for me, and by His grace. Then, something happened. You, you went to Walmart. You went to Walmart, and they didn't speak to you. So he said, well, I, those people are hypocrites. I'm going back there. They say, hey, to me at church, I'll say, hey, to me. did you ever stop and think about the guy that said, hey, to you as you went into Walmart? They pay him $11 an hour to say, hey, to you. You didn't quit Walmart. Listen, don't in their lives. But you have a choice, dear friend. You don't have to dwell on that discipline, which will soon lead to quitting. Fainting is surrendering to disappointment and I'm going to do this and by His grace I'm going to do it. And once that resolve is gone, we begin the downhill slide until all we want to do is quit. Over the years, I've got one appointment in particular. A young person said to me, and I was so encouraged, Pastor, all I want to do is serve Jesus with my life. That's all I want. Somehow, some way, life did not go exactly as was planned. And fainting was a disappointment and discouragement. And then quitting. What's the secret? Don't take the... And discouragement. Don't don't forfeit your resolve. Stay resolved. Uh, the songwriter said, I am resolved. No longer to linger. Charmed by the world's delight. Things that are higher 
things that are nobler. These have a look. Hey, listen, renew those commitments you once made to Christ. David was tempted to faint and to quit. And to, I'm not going to faint by God's grace. I would have fainted, but I made a different choice. I chose to say fainting will eventually lead to quitting. Happened to Peter. Peter said, I'm going. Peter quit his fishing. The Lord came by one day, said, Follow me and I'll make you fishes. On the spot, turned, the, walked away from it, and said, We're all in with Jesus. And then one day he said, I'm going fishing. Same happened to Demas. Same happened to John Mark. Same happened to you and I. It could happen to you and I. Let me give you four statements. When you're tempted to faint, number one, don't faint. <laughs> That's perfect. Listen, some of God's people are nursing disappointment. Why, listen, why should you today, because 20 years ago or 10 years ago, and the people of God suffer today because you nurse a disappointment for appointment. Number two, get your mind on the goodness of God. This is what David did. David said, I would have fainted. I would have fainted. I would have thrown in a towel. I had fainted in the land of the living. Get your mind on the goodness of God. How I many I deserve? The Bible says that He hath rewarded us less than our iniquities deserve. The Bible says His mercies are new every morning. Great is His faith and lessen the pain of disappointment. I know that doesn't assuage the grief. I know that the Lord quit. We can all, we all have reason to be exhausted. We all have reason to be weak. But the great, but by the grace of God, God has not changed in all of that. And water to drink, we still have a heaven to look forward to. My name's still in the book of life. God is still good no matter what. Put your mind on the goodness of God. Now look at our text verse again. He said, verse 13, I have to see. Look at me. Look at me. He does not say, see the goodness of God. He said, I would have fainted if I had to see the goodness of God. That's very crucial. That's very important. Believed God is good even when I couldn't see. I would have fainted and eventually have quit altogether if I had a lot of goodness around me. But God is still good. I had fainted and the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Then he says in verse number 14, wait on the Lord. Now listen to me. That doesn't mean wait on the Lord that you go get you an easy chair and a glass of sweet tea and a bag of God does a miracle for you. No, that word, that word wait at the restaurant and they say, can I take your drink order? And you say, I have a glass of water with lemon. You expect somebody to come with a glass of water and a, and, 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 and a tea. Is that what a waiter does? What does a waiter do? Serves. Can I help you? Yes. What do you need? I'll be right there. Oh, thanks. That's serving. When God says, wait on the Lord, he says, get out of your hole, get your thumb out of your mouth, find somebody who's less fortunate for you, and say, wait, tea, can I get you some butter for your biscuits? What would you like? Would you like some more coffee? Others, wait on the Lord. The Bible says in the New Testament, if you want to serve the Lord, you serve the Lord by serving. Don't stay down there in that pity party. Get up and go on and do what you ought to do. Do, do what you ought to do. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. He's talking about serving tears. Shall reap in joy. There's a heavy hearted people in this room right here. It is very fresh. God bless you for being here. God bless you for coming to sing the praises of God with God's name. And witnessed for Christ and said a word of encouragement and wrote a note of encouragement. That's
that's what God means when he says, wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. You say, I don't feel like waiting. And we use that as a reason not to wait on the Lord. We use that as a reason. God is good all the time. God is good. God is good when folks have betrayed me. God is good when folks have been loyal. God is good all the time. And he is worthy of my service and my admiration. Get your mind on the goodness of God. Don't do what you want to do. Do what you ought to do. Can I tell you something? Anybody that has ever and quit. Listen. Anybody that's ever quit. Face this face. Some went on and some. You and I have a choice. May I give you in close of Psalm 27, 13. David said, I would have... And then eventually I would have quit if I had not chosen to believe that God is good even when... Thus I have chosen to believe in the goodness of goodness of God. Amen. When we are tempted to faint, to surrender, you might wipe the tears from your face before you go in to teach that little class. Uh, you might have a little... And love on those children and sing the songs with him. Hey, but face that temptation. Courage. Keep on waiting. Keep on serving. And when you do, the Lord himself will send. Let's bow our heads together, please. Our heads are bowed.